Before we listen to this podcast, Marcus wants to share the following Wellness Summit blooper with you. Damo, this is ridiculous. When we recently closed two-for-one ticket sales to the summit, we left the two-for-one banner on our website saying, get your two-for-one tickets. How do you think that's gone down with our loyal listeners? People are jumping online to buy two-for-one tickets, but our system has shut them down. Oh dear, Marcus. So let's do this, MP. As our way to thank our listeners for their patience and to apologize for our feeble technology troubles, let's release 100 more seats at two-for-one. Let's do 50 double passes at the two-for-one rate. But Damo, we were just about to raise the price by 50 bucks a ticket. I know, MP, but I'm pulling rank. For one week only, Wellness Council listeners, you have one more chance to come to the summit at half price. Two days at the Melbourne Convention Exhibition Centre on September 10 and 11. That's 16 hours of powerhouse wellness at less than $10 per hour. You're so generous, Damo. This offer strictly expires at 11.59pm on Sunday, May 8th, so don't delay. To register for one of only 50 double passes, go to thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hey everybody, it's Kaz Jaff here and you're listening to Mums the Word. It's episode 22 and I am interviewing our guest Edwina Murphy-Drummer this week and we speak all things holistic parenting. Actually, we speak so much about raising children. Uh, Edwina is a mum of four. She's also a naturopath and she's recently graduated from the Changing Habits Education course, which she's going to tell you more about. I've also included all her links in the show notes, including her new course that's just been released, so you'll want to see about that. She is um, sharing with us things such as uh, getting your children dirty and increasing their immunity, all about the microbiome. If you don't know what that is, she's going to explain it. We've also discussed things such as introducing first foods and natural birth and basically her story of what's getting her to do what she's doing today. Very excited to have you listening. I'd love you to share our podcast with anyone that you know that has a baby in their belly or who has recently had a child. And I'd also love you, if you could, give us a rating and a review on iTunes. That's another way that we can help spread this message around the globe. I appreciate your listenership and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Edwina. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and uh, feeling really great about hearing your story. As you know, I've told the listeners already a little bit about you, but just so we can get to know you a little bit more, please share, please share about yourself. Thank you so much, Karen. That's a lovely introduction. I, um, I am a naturopath and I am a Changing Habits Nutrition graduate. But my, you know, my greatest pride is my four beautiful, vibrant, healthy children um, that are now aged between eight and 16. I've got three in high school this year. So my journey, you know, feels quite different to what it was when they were all little toddlers um, around my, around my legs as I went everywhere. Um, Yeah. So, so that's, that's where I am at the moment. Exciting. So um, obviously we want to know more. We want to know, um, yeah, from uh, first birth probably into what got you into the work that you're doing today. So if you could share a little bit more, um, yeah, just in more depth for the listeners so they can relate to you. Well, I think my journey, if I can go a little bit before my first birth, I think, you know, my journey of 
um, health really started when I was about 14. Um, in about year nine, I got shipped off to boarding school and my diet turned around completely from a healthy um, home-cooked diet to a very processed diet. And that affected my health in a huge way. Um, and I became very overweight and quite depressed. And that journey sort of lasted through until I was about 25 when my mum finally got fairly exasperated and sent me off to a naturopath which was where I fell in love with the whole idea of naturopathy and this beautiful, vibrant woman that sat before me and I thought this is something that I want. So um, I went off to study then and became a naturopath and it was as I was finishing my naturopathy that I became pregnant with my first child who's now 16. And so I was feel like I was very fortunate to have that snippet of introduction into a different way of doing things before I got pregnant with my first child. So my health had already started to improve significantly and I felt much more confident in making decisions um, for myself rather than being perhaps railroaded by um, my doctor into making all sorts of decisions that I otherwise may have felt um, that I needed to do just because I was being told so. So my diet was very good and I had a very, very easy pregnancy, um, which was which was just, you know, such a gift and a very natural birth. I had a wonderful midwife um, and she was able to, you know, to really guide me and despite a lot of pressure um, in the hospital, I was ab- able to have my first son, Oliver, without any interference from any doctors, just with a midwife. And they were really very persistent in wanting to um, break my waters because it was a very long labour, about 23 hours in total. Um, and, they, you know, they, and I was very lucky that at that point that I felt very strong in my decisions to just let nature take its course. And it all went beautifully well. I was very lucky. And it was the same for my other three children um, that, you know, all through I just put my faith in my own body and in my own health that, you know, this is, you know, the most natural thing that you can do besides breathing really um, is being pregnant and giving birth. And there's so much fear around it and I know that there were so many um, stories that you get told and so often we hear all the horror stories and for those women, you know, my heart would break. But it also um, just, you know, there's so much fear perpetuated around pregnancy and needing to put your health in somebody else's hands when as women we, you know, we intuitively have that intelligence. We know that our bodies are okay or if something is wrong, and what to do. And I just think that faith in that intuition is something that has been undermined and perhaps lost for many women. And I just, you know, I'd love to see them um, be empowered to make decisions for themselves again. So that's where my, you know, absolute passion for natural medicine grew from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's uh, it's like talking to a chiropractor in a way. I mean, we've basically got a very similar philosophy and I love having I love ha- having mums like you on the podcast because really it's true that somehow we sort of tend to shy away from sharing our stories that are amazing birth stories and that, you know, it doesn't really sell that well. Um, 
as we've mentioned, it's not the hype and it's not going to make a TV show um, as much as, you know, drama is going to. Um, and, and that's such a shame. But really, um, you know, really to hear that you have turned around um, something that maybe at the time was not so nice growing up uh, as an unhealthy child, but really you appreciate more than anyone and, and see the need, as obviously as a parent now too, um, for your kids. But also you can see the, the silver lining that, you know, obviously it led you to be um, in that naturopath's office. You know, it's not for nothing. Thing and to be doing what you're doing now. So um, tell us a little bit more about, um, I guess, the kids when they were little and, you know, a young, you being a young naturopath. Well, I, you know, I was um, lucky enough to be able to um, breastfeed all my children with ease. Um, but I did have, I mean, I had my first three children in three and a half years. So they were very close in age. Wow. And um, that meant that I was sort of stopping breastfeeding one while I was, you know, about to give birth to the next. So I was I was able to feed the first three for about 18 months and then my fourth child I fed for a little over two years. And I, you know, I just know that that was such an amazing gift to their health. Um, and as a naturopath, one of my um, passions is the microbiome and understanding the importance of the gut health and how that foundation that is set up through um, birth choices and through breastfeeding um, are very important, and and so I, you know, I feel that that um, was a great gift that I was able to give them in those foundational years, and also, um, you know, I was very instinctive in how you know I fed them and when um, they were introduced to solids was really. Um, I had a, a basic sort of idea that I didn't want to start feeding them solids until they were sitting up because we're not supposed to eat lying down. And so they were the sort of guides that I used rather than their ages um, to introduce them to solids. And introducing them to solids, we grew up, um, the children grew up um, on a farm. We were on a property in Ravenswood, which is between Bendigo and Harcourt and they you know they played outside and they were in the dirt and I just loved the picture of these grubby children (laughs) my children were not very often polished and scrubbed clean except when they hopped into bed perhaps but yeah I really enjoyed um the the grubbiness of them being out in the veggie garden and the first foods that they ate were you know if I pulled an apple off the apple tree I'd take a bite out of it and give it to them to you know suck on and those kind of things they were the the foundations to them um, experiencing solid foods for the first time and um, I just you know I think the the gift of those sort of experiences above having some manufactured um, what are they I think they're made from rice aren't they those teething rusk things oh yeah yeah um, you know those they have they have no benefit to the to kids they need to be you know eating foods that nature has provided for them so yeah I think maybe I went off track a bit there I'm very good at doing that. <laughs> that's fine I mean at the end of the day you don't find a rice uh, um, rusk no. on, on a tree and no. obviously not what we were doing way back when no. And, you know, current science is really just waking up to this wonderful world of bacteria that is so, so vital to our health. And, you know, we're now, children are now 
well, have been for, for many years in this um, sanitized environment where, you know, everything has to be scrubbed clean and benches are wiped down with Dettol and, um, you know, food is seen to be better if it comes out of a packet because it's all sterile and clean. But we're, we're seeing the ramifications of that now with unbelievably skyrocketing um, food allergies and children with asthma and all sorts of, you know, health crisis that are coming as a consequence of this sterilized environment that children are, um, have been brought up in. And just so fear. And just fear. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. So science is really starting to turn that on its head and it's going to be a, a big mind shift for many mums because this, you know, the, this great fear of bacteria has been indoctrinated for generations now. So it's going to be, it's going to be a, a big learning curve. I'd love you to share a little bit more about the microbiome. Of course, I know what it is, but I'm not sure all the listeners do. I mean, there has been more and more about seeding um, uh, in, in C-section births and, and swabbing yeah. children with bacteria, but I'd love you to delve in a little bit deeper just so that um, mums with uh, babies in their belly know a little bit more what we're talking about and can take action steps. Well, you know, it, we, we have... Um, a, we're made up essentially of bacteria that, you know, the bacteria that lives in your gut and on your skin is actually working really hard to protect and to enrich your life and to, to um, yeah, that's, it's the idea of bacteria being good is, is this new thought for many people because we're always being taught that bacteria is something really bad and must be killed off. But in actual fact, it is the bacteria in our bodies that help. Um, I'm trying to, trying to, sorry, I'm not doing a very good job of explaining um, this in a way that is easy for people to understand perhaps, but it's, it is the foundation of our health essentially. And in the bacteria in your gut, is formed um, when you're born. There, I mean, there's some discrepancy around this. Some people, the, the common belief is that your gut is sterile when you're born and your first introduction to bacteria that will protect your health comes from through the birth canal as children are born and then through breast milk and skin-to-skin um, skin skin contact with your mother um, and these are the, you know, very foundational um, bacterias that you get. And children are missing out on these, um, what they call it, seeding, you know, when they're born through C-section and then perhaps not breastfed and put straight onto a bottle. They, um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of health ramifications that go with that. And they're for children that have to be born by C-section and can't be breastfed, there, there are ways around it but it is a, you know, a much more complicated process um, and it requires having a you know, midwife or, or doctors that, that know how to get around that. Microbirth, my, yeah, Microbirth is a movie that's um, well-known for explaining all this really well. So that's a documentary that can be just found online. Yeah, great. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Mm. And, um, and, and so obviously the kids are older now. How are they in terms of, uh, I guess, nutrition directing their own? Because, I mean, you can't be with them all the time. And, you know, how does you know, parenting no. go at this age? Yeah, look, it's a, very, it's a very different world when they hit high school. And, um, I, you know, I feel as though they, you know, it, it is the, the – 
so when when my children were all in primary school, um, I had um, you know that it was the food that they were exposed to. 99.9% of the time was the food that is in my kitchen. So um, their their diet was very local, local seasonal, organic, fresh produce. And so that is what they know and that is what their taste buds are accustomed to. So they are very good at trying a wide variety of foods and they can eat, you know, chilies and foods from all sorts of different cultures and and I think that foundation um, gives their palate, they're, um, they're able to, to experience different flavours um, and enjoy them, whereas I think children that are perhaps brought up on a very processed diet have a very limited palate in what they can what they like. Um, and I think as, as mums we try so hard to perhaps please our kids in giving them things that they like and not um, so f- um, and I'm trying to explain it better again um, my children I, I always used to sort of say I don't run a restaurant I always I will serve up really good nutritionally sound food um, and that's what's on offer so um, I feel concerned in families where they um, perhaps have you know salad for mum and meat and veg for dad, and then kids will only eat pasta with no sauce. And little Jimmy maybe only eats Vegemite sandwiches, so that's what he has three times a day. And so I think it's really important that the skills of eating um, a wide variety of fruit and vegetables are started right from, you know, that first introduction to solid foods, it, it helps the children um, to be able to accept a wider variety of, of flavours. Definitely. So so you feel that they now these days make um, conscious choice just because they obviously grew up that way or now that they're yeah. in high school they delve yeah. a little bit and push some boundaries? Yeah, so the kids have all been um, taught to cook from a young age and so they get in the kitchen and they can put together um, a meal. I've got, you know, my 12 and 14-year-old daughters can both um, um, put together a really well-balanced meal, which was a skill that I never had um, being at boarding school and then um, off into the big wide world I was really stuck for how to put a meal on the table so it was kind of boiled pasta and bought sauce um, which you know I think if if children can be given a um, um, a love of food and an introduction into um, putting together a meal for their families it's it's a lovely skill for them and getting off to high school um, one of the things that um, I noticed particularly um, is that kids have a tendency not to, they don't eat at school, which is really weird. And it's not just the girls, it's the boys as well. Um, and I think part of it is that um, they leave the classroom and they're sent off um, and they're not allowed, you know, they're sort of the classrooms are locked, they're not allowed back into the classrooms and they don't want to carry around lunchboxes and I think it's perhaps not, I don't know, it, it, it's a bizarre thing. So I make sure that my high school kids are 
um, got a really good protein, high-fat breakfast in them before they go to school and then they'll sit in the car when I pick them up from school and eat their lunch then. Um, yeah, it's, it seems to be a... It's the first um, thing I do. I pick up my, my little prep uh, daughter and first yep. thing I do is open that lunchbox and we sit on the bench while she eats it. And I think they've got 20 minutes of eating time and I'm mm. sure Little Miss Chatterbox is chatting for half of that. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. same thing. And one of the mums come up with the idea of just putting little glad bags or something so they can take it out and throw that away so they can take that in the playground. And that seems to be working as well as another option. But, yeah, I, I get surprised at how she gets through a whole day on, on very little food. And um, Yeah, so even in primary school. Yeah, in primary school when she's in prep. And, I mean, I yeah. have a yum box which has all – it's like a bento box with all little sections and all little yep. things and yep. bite-sized pieces that she can definitely, you know, um, get through and all make it look fun. And, and even then yep. some days I'll open it up and there's nothing being touched. And I, I was like, what? Yeah. How did you get through a whole day with no food in you? I mean, they're, learn- been- they're learning, right? So Yeah, that's um, – that's, I've got – mine all um, went to Steiner School and my youngest is still in a Steiner School and they sit and eat lunch together. So it's, a, you know, it's something that's really um, an important part of their day, which is such a valuable gift. Yeah, I mean, they have 20 minutes, but like I said, I don't know what she's doing with those 20 minutes and even then maybe it's not enough with a slow eater. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. So a really, a really nourishing, filling breakfast is, um, is so important. <laughs> it's so important. Yeah, which is why I sit on the bench and make her eat it. You know, when I pick her up yep. as well. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to get the cranky pants. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't do it for the teacher, as you know. The teacher, you know, never sees that side. No. <laughs> right. No, All the motion of a prep child. So um, I'd love to hear, you know, obviously, you know, I know you've done a lot of the parenting on your own as well. So did you want to talk about that? Well, when my youngest was five months old, my husband at the time um, jumped ship <laughs> and so, yeah, I had the four kids. I had four under eight Um by myself for about seven years and we lived on a rural property we still do and um yeah look it's it 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 was definitely a challenge and I think that um my saving grace and I you know it sort of sounds a bit funny but I feel like I I ran my home a bit like a military operation (laughs) and I you know there's some of my my core values that I held on to very strongly and um, nutrition is one of them. So that was my priority and we often went without um, a lot of things and the children's clothes all came from op shops and all those things because my priority was being able to afford really good food. So that's where our money went. And um, sleep is another, you know, for for all children, but so specifically for young children. So bedtimes were always at the same time every night and meal times were at the same time. And so, you know, those those sort of rituals um, I think were of enormous benefit in me keeping my sanity. Oh, yeah, and, lays the and, foundation. I mean, it's yeah. just routine. They thrive on routine. I, I, I absolutely agree, absolutely 100% agree. And the children always know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. They're not left sort of feeling bewildered and wondering, you know, what 
I think that routine um, helped us all stay sane. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure the sleep, hopefully you got some in there as well. Yeah, and I did. And, I, you know, once the last child was tucked in at whatever it was at that stage, 7.30 or 8 o'clock, that was my time. And, oh, my goodness, that was precious time. Um, don't interrupt that time. No, I know, I know. I mean, that's, you know, I that, think that's for any parent anyway. When, once the kids go in bed, you know, that's when you absolutely. get a little, you know, glimpse of the old you pre yeah. you know yeah it's just stop time time for everything to just kind of wind down a bit and um yeah hugely precious hugely precious my time is it's shifted now because I've got you know my eldest child 16 so having children up until I'm up is quite normal until I'm going to bed um so my time now is between nine and ten in the morning and that is that is my time children dropped at school and then I start work at 10. So I have this this little hour that is my hour. <laughs> and I think for all mums, you know, if you if you can't find a whole hour, that's pretty understandable. But to even a 10-minute routinely, a time that's yours just to be quiet is, you know, it's amazing what a difference that can make to your whole day. And crucial, right? Really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And not trying to fill that special bit of time up is also very important. So don't think that's my time to meditate or that's my time to this. It's just your time to stop. Yeah, yeah, just, I like that. Just do nothing, you know. Yeah. We we have a tendency to feel that we need to fill up every moment with something that's important and sometimes absolutely nothing is actually the most important thing. Yeah, I'm I'm loving your I guess authentic parenting style. You know, take the apple off the tree, bite it, give it to the child. Yep. You know, yep. it feels natural to you know be around good food. You're studying naturopathy to raise. It's just it seems all very authentic, yep. even just from from your birth and and your philosophy. Really, um, yeah, it leads me to think that there must be a sort of quote or affirmation or or just a sort of I guess um, well, like I said, philosophy that you know that you live by. Would you like to share yep. that? Ah, uh, look, I think, um, you know, I, I spoke a little bit, you know, briefly to you about this before, but um, having just very recently, I graduated from um, Changing Habits. I was one of the inaugural nutrition graduates and we, we, you know, I flew up to Queensland and we had this wonderful graduation and lots of hoo-ha and that felt really special and the same as um, when I graduated as a naturopath, it sort of feels like it almost validates that I'm worthy of something, that I've done these great things. But I read a quote from Jackie Onassis a long time ago where she said her greatest triumph is her children. And I just feel that so, so innately that that is my greatest triumph. And, um, you know, it's it's something as mothers I think that we need to see this as an absolutely divine privilege and our greatest triumph is is raising children and um you know it's not something that you'll ever have a graduation night for or you know you don't get a paycheck for it or you know perhaps in many circumstances you barely even get any recognition for it but I think it's something that we need to hold in ourselves as as a you know as a huge triumph Absolutely. I mean, we need to see that celebrated. And I think it was yeah. even just this morning, I was, I even posted on the Facebook page of Mums the Word a quote about that first year postnatally, how a, mo a mother's soul moves from, I guess, um, into selflessness and, mm -hmm. and just responsibility. And, and, you know, it is something that I guess, 
not for everybody comes instinctively and it is something yeah. we do have to learn and um, yeah. depending on your parenting um, experience as, as you were a child and I guess other things that come into play. But yeah, I agree with you. Thank you for that. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to hear from you, I guess, um, whether it's personally or professionally, a time a time that you struggled just because here on the on the podcast that we, you know, I want to grow a community that, you know, appreciates that it doesn't all uh, look like a bed of roses and uh, we can learn from each other. So maybe you could share a time with us um, that you struggled and, and what did you learn and, and how did it end up? Gosh, there's so many to pick one. Well, thanks for saying that too. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, look, I, you know, I think, I think probably one of the biggest periods in my life where I can see everything absolutely fell apart was was a solid twelve months after my husband left, and it it really ripped the rug out from under my feet, and I f- feel like I I wanted to. Um, put the responsibility in somebody else's hand. So every I got very, very sick myself um, to the point where I ended up having to take myself into hospital at four o'clock in the morning with four tiny, tiny children, and the the we all had tonsillitis, and I was so busy looking after everybody else that I didn't look after myself. And I got to this point. I don't know if you've ever had tonsillitis, Karen, but when you you get to the point you can't even swallow your own saliva so I got very dehydrated and it was just a mess so I went into um took us all into the emergency room and these four little kids um and the doctor wouldn't let me leave until I rang somebody and you know I've always been a very proud person and asking for help or admitting that I wasn't managing was did not come easily to me um, so I think, you know, I think through that time I, you know, I was at the doctor's office, uh, um, far too many times with just the slightest sort of snivel or whatever, you know, was going on for the kids. I was wanting somebody else to take responsibility for it. So I think, you know, one of the biggest things I learned from all that is, um, you've, got to um, tuck that pride away because at the end of the day you know if you're not managing then your children won't be doing well and it's really you know asking for help is is something that as communities once upon a time um, we would have been surrounded by other women that would take on the care of our children um, when we're you know not doing so well and you know we're sort of society now sets us up to be such individuals and community seems to have fallen down for so many people that that putting yourself out and asking others for help you know is not such an easy thing but everybody wants to help you know if a friend if it, if another mother asks for your help it is such an honor to help them it feels lovely to be asked and so it's important to remember that when you're in the position of needing to ask somebody else that they'll actually probably really um be grateful that you put your trust in them yeah i mean i i can i can imagine it's quite dualistic in a way that um you 
probably weren't even conscious because you were just soldiering on so much that you didn't even get to the I'm not asking for help stage. You just got on with it. I mean, I've never really shared this on the podcast, but I, I split up with my, my ex when my little one was six months old. So I'm feeling a lot of affiliation with your story and just soldiering yeah. on and people asking for help. I think I got to the point that I couldn't even explain to other people what they could do for me because I was just, you know, um, trying to stay afloat. It, the time yeah. that it would took to tell people about the breakup was like, I can't even tell you what's going on because I've got to just keep doing what I'm doing, you know, and this was, you know, international living, running a very busy practice, you know, a yeah. six-month-old, a three-month-old, no, no family help. And to just even get into the story and people offering to help, it's like, you can't feed my baby to sleep. You, you can't, mm-hmm. you know, my three-year-old's not going to want you to stay with them at this point in time. They need, like, there's, so I can imagine that, you know, in hindsight, you say I should have asked for help, but I know in that moment, you were just going with, rolling with the punches. And, I, and uh-huh. at least if I could share my, that was my experience. And yeah. Um, yeah. it wasn't even, a, I, I don't want to, how can you help me at this point in time? You know, like, okay, maybe bring some food or something like that. But because they need you so much and they're so, I mean, a five-month-old, right? You would have been breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah. You wouldn't have even had that one on food yet. You had three. I mean, to get to the point where you even consciously think, I need help, you mm. don't even get there. And that's that whole mothering thing. Any mother, whether single or not single, um, you know, you really – you do put the child before you. And we always say happy happy um, children or healthy children need a healthy parent. And it's, mm-hmm. it is cliche and it is true. Mm-hmm. But I, I can just imagine in that story that you didn't, you know, you didn't actively go to not have help, but you had four children and you just were thinking about them that, of course, you overlooked yourself. Yeah. Well, you always you always seem to come last on the list. Yeah, yeah, and that's any parent, of course. Yes. But in that moment in time, I, I just remember I couldn't even explain to people. I did the time that it would take to explain was like I can't even tell you. I just need to do it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear what drives you and what gets you up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm it's food through and through and through, and I I see. Um, you know, the current statistics that are telling us so many horrifying ideas, not least of which is that the next generation of kids is supposed to die before their parents. I mean, how can we hear that and not desperately need or want to do something different? And really, it's, it is so doable to change those statistics. So that is my passion is to educate mums in the foundations of beautiful nutrition and how to protect their children's health and their own health. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my passion and I can talk about it 24 hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) So, so if we were to go back in time and, and knowing what you now know now and having the life and I guess the road to pregnancy and and motherhood and, Mm -hmm. and even just the parenting experiences, what would you like to tell your younger um, newly pregnant self or would you want to share with new mums out there listening to this podcast? I, I just think that um, probably the most important piece of wisdom that I could share is to trust yourself Trust yourself and trust your body to tell you what is going on and what it needs and what is not working. Um, and, you know, keeping keeping your own well-being in your hands, that's my, that's my wisdom. Yeah, Nobody yeah. knows your body better than you do. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And what about the best advice that you ever received? 
interesting as you've been exposed to some amazing people like Cindy and obviously your naturopathy course. And what's the best advice you ever received? The best advice I ever received. Wow. Stop searching. Um, somebody said to me once, stop searching because what you know, what you um, what you know is within you. So so innately you will know the path that you're supposed to be on. If you keep looking outside yourself, the message is not is not so clear. You have to look in. Yeah, I love it. it's very mm. it's very um, yeah. I don't know whether it's mindfulness or even chiropractic yeah. or listening to that inner voice. Um, yeah. No, I love yeah. it. And and what about if you could, um, Edwina, please share for the listeners some val- invaluable books or websites or in other resources that you'd love to share with them just to um, that, that have been great resources for you? I think um, probably the, the people that um, I admire most are Natasha Campbell McBride who yeah. did the Gats Diet. Yeah. I think she's, she just has some... Uh, her her nutritional advice is is for everybody. The Walls Protocol, Terry Walls, is also um, um, amazing. Cindy O'Meara's books, obviously, are just a, a brilliant. And particularly, you know, her um, for foundational information and just for really solid common sense yeah. advice. I don't think you can go past the Changing Habits books um her cindy's cookbook is something that when i just can't think what to make you can pull that out and it's just got you know very easily accessible great ingredients um yeah we should probably mention that she's got a documentary coming out as well that um, oh what's with weight that's going to be fantastic yeah can't wait to see that one Mm. yeah yeah it's going to be brilliant any websites uh um, well, the, the, the same people yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 Great, great. And of course, one more question. Um, how can people guess, uh, best get in touch with you and find more about what you're doing these days? I'd love you to share all your um, contact details. Well, Eudaimonia101 is my Facebook page, which is probably where I um, spend a lot of time, um, you know, sharing information. Um, eudaimonia is also my website so .com.au um, and edwina at eudaimonia.com.au is my email which is um, the other way to get in touch with me yeah perfect well I'm going to have that um, all on the show notes anyway and um, well just really grateful that um, I, I think Marcus wrote to me and put us in touch but it was because yeah. of DJ I think is that correct yeah, well, DJ is my chiropractor here in Geelong at Pioneer Chiropractic, and he's he um, yeah he's fantastic. And um, through Marcus Pierce, who I've known for a few years now as well, and I've been talking to him on and off about having a podcast on the Wellness Couch, um, but I haven't been as organised as you and got myself together. So, <laughs> so yeah, this, this is, is a good start, of course. This is right? my introduction to actually being on a podcast. Yeah, well, um, I feel honoured. Uh, we feel honoured <laughs> that you. So you'll be on the couch anyway. So um, thank you so much, and and thank you. Well, just thank you for all of it, for your strength, for your, um, you know, fighting for you know natural birth, and you know, obviously raising uh, conscious children, and just um, taking the time this morning on your time to give back 
Thank you so much, Karen. It's just been such an honor to be on your show. Yeah, can't wait to release it. All right, take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.